Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me as always, he is our founder and fearless leader. And it's oh, it's a beautiful night. We're both rocking the red and black flannel covering different parts of our body. Never mind, not going to get into it. But John, want to wish you a very happy December 39th, 2020. How are you, man? That's great. That's great. The year 2020 still continues on in my world. We're, let, let's just kick off there. We, we got a few topics to, to get into, but but uh, you you had an interesting premise that you shared uh, with me just before we started rolling sound. And even though ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the world has already celebrated the new year, you're still rocking twenty twenty until what, what what's your new year, John? Well, my new year uh, for many years doesn't start until after the final college football game of the year, which is uh, the national title game this year. And, you know, even back when before we had a college football playoff, uh, I, my philosophy was the new year didn't start until after that game was played. And the reason for that is uh, the reason for that is because you can't make New Year's resolutions and hold to them. If you're drinking a bunch of alcohol, watching the last night again. So, so that that kind of predates. What's that? I was gonna say that kind of predates, you know, like the BCS when when you had, you know, instead of forty to forty-five bowl games, you had six, you know, and, and they were done by New Year's Day, essentially. Yeah, basically. I mean, New Year's okay. Day was a day for I, I'm not a guy that, uh, you know, I don't get bent out of shape on dates. Dates are flexible. You know, the, the, the people. That, I don't yeah, think that's see, how it works, John. I don't think that's how it works. There's those people that go, this is my birthday, and we have to celebrate my birthday on my birthday. And I'm one of those people that's kind of like, yeah, this is close enough to my birthday, and it's Friday. There you go. So, point, point of order, the people who say, this is my birthday, it's my special day, uh, which – I'm, look, this is going to sound bad, but more often than not, that person's a female. Uh, and, you know, they want, they want the day off from work. Uh, you know, they want to, to wear the tiara. I don't know any of my guys, my buddies who are like, hey, man, my birthday's on Wednesday. I'm taking the day off. I'm going to get hammered Tuesday night. And maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe that's those people are out there. They're just I don't have that many friends and none of those people are in my in my circle of friends. I, to, to your point, like, I don't, uh, my birthday is just another day, you know, growing up, it was nice because it's in July. So I never had to go to school on my birthday, but ever since I became, you know, a working adult, I work on my birthday unless it's a Sunday or something. Uh, so I don't like my, for me, my birthday is just another day. And if, if, you know, do something at home with the family, you know, a little cake or ice cream cake, cause 
you know, it's summertime, it's July and you can have ice cream cake in July. Um, but that's, uh, I don't, it's, it's another day. Fuck off. There are 364 other ones in the year and nobody's special. There's except, for, except for, except for Jesus. Well, there you go. There, there's precedence for this whole date manipulation, right? <laughs> it, when we think about the decade of the 60s, I know you think about this a lot. You're growing wait, wait, wait. <laughs> In regards to you, are you are we talking for you, John, the 1860s or the 1960s? Well, just to, thank you for the clarification. <laughs> the 1960s. When you think about the decade of the 60s, the 60s really didn't kind of start until... 1963, 1964, when the civil rights movement kind of got moving. I think Selma was in 1963. Then you move into later dates. And the 60s decade really didn't end until 1975 with the fall of Saigon. Now, people could argue with me about that. But when we generally refer to as the decade of the 60s, it's not 1960 to 1970, unless you're doing some nitpicky historian fucking anthology. Yes. Um, point of parliamentary procedure. Uh, in U.S. history class, uh, junior year of high school, we had to watch the miniseries called The 60s. It actually starred uh, Julia Child, uh, not Julia Child, <laughs> Julia Stiles. <laughs> Julia Child, that was a completely different uh, show. Uh, I think Jerry O'Connell was in it um, and others. I, I apologize. I don't remember the entire cast. Uh, but that that was. 60 to 69 70 sir are you how dare you sit there and disparage the good gosh darn name of the uh 60s docu drama you know miniseries how dare you yeah uh, those people who made that were all like they're those people that have to have you know they're they worry about the, you know what i do to those people when i go to their house I, they, I leave their, they leave their fucking kitchens I go into their silverware drawer and I put their knives where the fork should be. Switch them around. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And I'm like, you know, they jerk on. They open the silverware drawer and you just watch the look on the face as they mentally have a stroke inside. Yeah. Another follow-up question since you brought it up. <laughs> Eventually, folks, uh, Husker athletics of some type, um, but the silverware drawer. Every house have you ever known anybody who doesn't have like a silverware separator, you know, like where each is like the forks, the spoons, the knives all have their own specific slot. Have you ever just gone in and be like, Oh, uh, I, I, you know, having a meal and Oh, do you have a, an extra fork? Mine fell on the floor. The dog licked it, whatever. I shoved it up somebody's butt. Uh, they're like, Oh yeah, it's the second drawer. <laughs> and then it's just, it, there's no separator. There's no, nothing to divide it. It's all just a drawer of shit. Let's uh, not, not get crazy. Those are the type of people who storm the Capitol. You know, the the people who don't have silverware separators are the types of people who storm the Capitol. <laughs> I thought I thought we weren't going to bring that part up. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Well, that's all right. We just made a gross generalization. We're fine. Nobody else is doing that. I think uh, with the way 2020 is, and the way that you want to keep 2021 kind of as a hopeful year, maybe pristine and still something might good might come up, but just it could last, 2020 could last until June if it needs to. No, I don't want I don't no, want my no, no, no. Listen, 
If I said that the 60s lasted until 1975, <laughs> how long do you think the 70s lasted? Uh, 1979. Nah, two fucking years. 1975 <laughs> to 1977. Why? Because 1977 was the year that the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks, was released, and the world was freed from disco. We had fucking horrible shit, crap music. And when people, let me explain something to you as an older guy, okay? I know we're going way off the rails here, but it is Friday night. You, you got all these people my age are like, the 70s is the greatest decade of music ever. No, it wasn't. It was the most horrible decade of music in human history. The only reason people say it was the best decade ever is they forget because it was so awful they had to forget that we were pummeled with disco music from morning until night. And then at night, the disco just kept going and going and going. It wasn't until years later when people went back and went, oh, Brandy, you're a fine girl. And they went, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> Red as a band, horrible, terrible fucking thing. Most of the 70s music was just gooey stuff that if you ingested it, would have killed you with Cholesterol and heart attacks and sugar over explosion goo filling up your veins to the point that you exploded and you didn't even know why. And then if you if you weren't one of those people that ingested bread or you know, I don't know, America wasn't too bad, but you know, a lot of that gooey shit. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, you got a brand new team. <laughs> how horrible that is. If you weren't one of those people who listened to that music, you listened to disco where you're doing shitloads of cocaine. So the decade of the 60s or the 70s only lasted two years of my life. Uh, what about the band America? I, I, I didn't mind America. You know, a horse with one man. Venture a highway. Yeah, that's not bad. But, you know, a lot of that stuff, it, it's like great music. No, it's because the other music that you really listened to was so horrifying that you don't want to remember. I mean, you know, I could go into BG song, you know, Staying Alive, Night Fever, things like that, but I don't want to kill our listeners. I suppose that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't walk today. I didn't get my walk in, so that was like, my God, I'm all like heated up. Uh, so, since you mentioned disco and, and how it lasted such a short time, do you remember? I believe it was uh, Comiskey Park, and a, a Chicago radio station uh, wanted to in between like a day night doubleheader for the uh, White Sox wanted to have the Death to Disco. Uh, event and then there was like people were burning things on the field and they just had to cancel the second game of the double header um i have a book that i got years ago and it's like unusual gimmicks uh from the you know like sports history and, and that's in there uh among you know like the books like an inch thick it's a little you know uh coffee table book type thing but uh so it's a it's a fun little read well i mean if you went to nebraska football terms the, the decade of the 80s is still the best decade ever in the history of, uh, well, human history. Because you had great music, 
I mean, now when you listen, even people now listen to 80s music and they go, this is fun music. But uh, what started happening is Tom Osborne also started beating Oklahoma. And uh, it was a really great time to be alive, you know, kind of like now. It's still a great time. I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, there's a, a lot of people who would say, as far as Nebraska football goes, that the 90s were the best decade. And I mean, be, because you had obviously the success on the field at three national championships, but you also, uh, you know, for, for some people like the, the hair metal, uh, you know, uh, of the 80s didn't resonate with them as well. Like maybe they were just born too late for it. Uh, you know, I think you're more into hair metal. And again, I'm making uh, a, a few generalizations and I apologize. Like I, I like uh, 80s music, obviously, but I think if you're born in the 70s or maybe even late 60s, then the, the music of the 80s just hits you right in that sweet spot a little bit more. But, uh, you know, there's a generation who grew up on, you know, like the uh, and I'm not here to. Uh, compare musical stylings uh, in, in this particular episode. I, I'll, I'll do that in the other. We can come back <laughs> <Yeah>. to it. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, there are people who will say, you know, like the, the Nirvanas and Pearl Jams and, and Foo Fighters and, and uh, uh, you know, like grunge and then, and uh, you know, what, what they got in the, and started to get in the uh, early to mid nineties coincided with then, but I, I don't care for me when I think of football and, and like a, a good soundtrack to football is going to include Metallica, ACDC, uh, you know, I, I want, I want a lot of, you know, good guitar riffs. I want uh, good drums. I know people have their opinions about, you know, Lars Ulrich from Metallica, but you know, I want, I want something that, that, so, okay. So, years ago when I was in radio and particularly when I was in uh, up in Nebraska, up at Shadron, I did something that I don't think I'm not, I'm not saying I was an innovator, but I don't think any other like high school sports broadcast was putting this much, you know, uh, into the produ- production value into this, but I got all of the seniors and juniors. And I told the coach, anybody else you think will start. And I, after they had what they called the Gatorade game, which, you know, was a scrimmage and your, your admission in was some Gatorade so that, that the team could have, you know, on the road trips and things like that. I went down to the end zone and all the kids lined up and I said, I had a sheet and I had my recorder and they said, you know, like a, a John Smith, number 13 senior quarterback. And so I got the starting lineups from the coach like the night before. It was like, you know, who's going to start? And I put that together, uh, you know, but I always did it with like, you know, uh, um, Ozzy Osbourne or ACDC or some, you know, classic rock, some some recognizable, you know, uh, anthem behind it that, you know, would 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 hopefully pump up the listener. So um, so that's why I, I always find like the soundtrack for me to football is always going to be like some classic rock. So you didn't use any old country song? Uh, no, I didn't. Didn't uh, use Conway Twitty. <laughs> uh, it's and, and, a Husker thing. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, we got a few. We got a few <laughs> minutes, whatever. Uh, so let's start with some good news, shall we, John? 
Good news. I'm going to lead off, and then I want you to take it from there because I'm sitting and I, I don't have the computer in front of me. I'm looking at my phone, which is why we got disconnected for a minute because I accidentally closed the Zoom window. Um, but JoJo Doman's coming back. That's good news. That is good news. It is. <laughs> Was I supposed to come up with the next one? I thought so, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about some of the. Uh, uh, I don't know. DiCaprio Boodle's going to the draft. Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt. Thank you. How did we forget that? Um, you I, asked, I know. I asked this question in, in the Slack chat room, and I, I want to pose it. I don't think I asked it on Twitter during a game, but I'll, I'll pose it to you now. And. and to the listeners, if they want to comment, uh, either on Facebook or, or right here on coordination.com, you get to pick one that you have at Nebraska and the other one, both, both players have played at Nebraska. One is in the NFL. Um, but one you get to keep in Nebraska and one never comes to Nebraska, never comes to Lincoln. And the choices are Jojo Doman or Nate Gary. Who do you choose to have? Who who do you choose to uh, to keep as a Husker, knowing that the other one never never came to Lincoln? Jojo Doman. So tell me why. Because he's here now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, I it's it, future. I help. You know, I did that interview with Ramsey, right about Ohio State. One of the things I brought up with him was. Nobody gave any credit to Northwestern this year because they're a bunch of nerds. And nobody's ever going to give credit to Northwestern. Northwestern had one of the best defenses in the nation. And he brought up a very salient point in stating those guys on that defense for Northwestern played together four years. You know, we talked about Ohio State's defense and we were talking about the longevity and how the linebacking crew – has been, they've been around together for years. And when we look at Nebraska football and we look like particularly on the defense, how many defensive coordinators did we go through? Like four and four years or something like that? I can't remember. Off the top of so, so, let's, so let's go back. We've had Chenander for three, Diaco for one, Banker, uh, Banker before that. Um, I know that there was a period where uh, for four years – the defensive backs had four different defensive backs coaches, right? You know, so, so there was no there was no stability. I say from the top, but at least from from the uh, from that position coach. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out on Shenander, obviously, because we we want to see more. But I also think that. And you're going to have a few spots to fill. Obviously, you're not going to have Colin Miller anymore. You know, unfortunately, you're not going to have DiCaprio Boodle. I don't know if we know what uh, like Deontay Williams are going to do or uh, Markel Desmuke. We know Cam Taylor Britt's back. We know JoJo Doman's back. I believe Will Honus is probably coming. He had the medical red shirt from last year anyway, so I don't know if he was, uh, you know, what his plans were. I, I don't think we've heard yet about Ben Stilley, uh, Damian Daniels. Uh, uh, Ty Robinson obviously is young enough, but we have we have some solid guys, and and I'm missing I'm, I'm I'm leaving a few out, and I'm not doing it on purpose. But we have, you know, if if the bulk of the guys that I just mentioned were coming back, then we don't have as much 
turnover uh, on defense. You know, um, right. it, it would be to have three of the four uh, guys in the secondary coming back is huge, especially Cam Taylor Britt, who showed. Uh, you know, there was some speculation where he might go if he was drafted. And, and you know, I listened to our, our friends uh, over at the Big Red Cobcast, and they were talking. They they thought as high as two and, and then maybe more like, uh, you know, fifth round or something like that. But you give him the opportunity to come back and put more highlights up of, of some of his past breakups and things like that. Like, I don't see I, – I, I've never seen Cam Taylor Britt as like an interceptions guy. But he's a guy who who is up, you know. He's on on your hip. He's able to you know read the quarterback very well, and he's athletic enough that he can make adjustments on the fly. Uh, I think he he didn't necessarily time some of his uh, pass breakup attempts uh, this past season perfectly, but he's athletic enough that he has enough vertical, he has enough arm extension, he's still able to break up the pass. You know, if he times it a little bit better, he might be coming away with an interception. You know. Um, so, so having him back and then stability at the top in, in, in the coaching, uh, on the coaching staff is, is going to help really help guys like him. Well, I think the other thing is, is he was uh, the only person on our defense that was really, he was selected the second team all big 10. People may not think a lot about that, but here, here's how this works. Uh, you go out, the reason why Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State get the best recruits in the nation uh, is because they prove to the best recruits in the nation that they can put guys in the NFL, All right? So when you go out and you try to recruit an athlete, uh, you look at him and you say, you know what, I got a guy that was a regular guy, that was a three-star guy. I don't know what Cam Taylor was, but this is just an example. If you say, you know what, we coached him up enough to the point that he got an all-big ten for that's what we did for that kid. We can do the same for you, buddy. And then that becomes a selling point about your program. So it's not just about having the best players back on your team and getting experience. There's also this continuity of you proving that you are making players into excellent players and improving them so that they may get a chance to get in the league. And if you want to get to be the best program in the nation that's where you got to be so and i don't know i like i don't obviously have the stats in front of me and, and i you don't and i don't expect you to but i wonder if if you could guess maybe a percentage of guys who you know players athletes who were all big 10 you know in 20 let's say the 2019 season who were let, let's back up a few years let's say 2016 uh, you know, so by that point, they probably exhausted all of their eligibility. But, you know, all Big Ten players who made it to the NFL from the 2016. I mean, I, if you had to guess what percentage that would be. I have no idea. Right? I think it depends on position. You know, honestly, I think if you're looking at uh, maybe receivers in the Big Ten, maybe not as much, although Ohio State, you're probably looking at Ohio State that has you know, most Big Ten selections that we see, guessing. But if you look at, like, let's say, tight uh, end, Iowa, Hawkinson, and Noah Fan, uh, those were certainly Big Ten guys. And then if you look at the offensive and defensive lines, I mean, if you're, put it this way, if you're first team all Big Ten and offensive and defensive line, you get drafted. Yeah. You know, 
not really even a, unless you have some like, serious injury. You're, you're getting drafted in the NFL if you're making it. That and, and that's and, really where Nebraska wants to go with this young offensive is to get those guys longevity, experience, because, listen, there's not a sports writer out there that looks at a freshman offensive lineman and go, that's guy, that guy's good enough to be an all Big Ten player. Right. Now, how they pick offensive linemen is they look at him and they go, well, that guy still survived last year. He still starts this year, and he's on his 35th straight start. He should probably be up there with the Big Ten side. Well, well, let's talk a, a little bit about the offensive line because we're going to see some attrition uh, in, in the offseason. And that is on the right side. <laughs> I tried to mute it. I don't know if that worked or not. Uh, You're the editor. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> we got um, him. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Bo Wilson has decided uh, he's going to take his talents elsewhere. Ethan Piper kind of earned that spot this season anyway. So, I, I, I mean, I don't it, – look, it's a, it's a loss for the program in that it's a body. You know, it, it's it's some depth at the position. Um, I also think, you know, and we can talk about this with some of the other uh, programs. In fact, one of the programs that you mentioned already, Northwestern, already seeing 16 or 17, something like that, guys enter the transfer portal, including uh, the quarterback that they just acquired last offseason from Indiana and Peyton Ramsey. Uh, so I, I don't like the transfer portal. Um why? I, I feel like when you sign, when, when you come, I'm going to, I'm going to try to break this up. When you are a high school athlete and you commit to, you know, Nebraska or in uh, Illinois or Indiana or Clemson or whomever, uh, I know that most of that's, you know, verbal handshake deal type of thing. Yes. Coach sounds good. I'll see you in, in uh, Lincoln. Uh, when you sign your letter of intent, that is essentially a contract. And to say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't like my, you know, I don't like my chances here of, of seeing the field, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to hop in the portal. I feel like it, it takes away. Think about the, and, and I, look, you got to go back 25 years, but think about like uh, Brooks Berenger if there was a transfer portal in 95, he's like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't like, you know, waiting behind Tommy Frazier. I'm just going to go, go somewhere else. I, I feel like it, it says, ah, I'm not going to put in the effort here. I'll, I'll go somewhere else where I, uh, you know, somebody's pumping sunshine up my skirt and telling me things that uh, I want to hear. Where, where's the, where's the motivation to just improve yourself, you know, and, and earn back that starting spot. So what you're saying is you hate Noah Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'll, I'll say this and, and and i really wish that i could uh that, that he would have played uh in that nebraska Rutgers game because i really at one point wanted to say you know the last time we saw noah vedral he was playing basketball for nebraska in, or in a husker uniform he was playing basketball in the big 10 tournament um 
Look at I'm Texas. Like, Look at Texas. They just had National Signing Day, and they had all these kids sign their national letters and tents, and then they fired their coach, Tom Herman. And all those kids are stuck going to Texas. Yeah. Now, Texas do the right thing. They'd look at them and go, you still want to go here? We'll let you go if you don't. Because why would you let a, have a kid come to your school if he doesn't want to be there? Then he's just got toxic morale. Sure. Okay. And, and so it, that's – that's, and, and I guess, first of all, I, I don't like the transfer portal, but I also am not like the guy who's going to, you know uh, – piss and moan and you know talk shit on twitter or or you know i think we're like oh good good for nothing son of a bitch we didn't need him anyway blah 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 I'm like teach their own like like you said whatever makes them happy i just wish that you know and again this is old man yelling at the clouds i get accused of it a lot but it's like work hard to you know keep your spot or earn that spot um as as for a situation like texas i i I kind of do, I, I, I wouldn't mind the exception when, you know, like literally if there was no early signing period, then none of those, you know, recruits or, or commits or, 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 you know, recent signees would have been on the hook because you still have February Herman's fired new year's Eve or whatever it was. Uh, and so you're like, Oh shit, I can change my mind. You know, my, my recruitment's still open because they're just going in a, in an opposite direction. Um, so I, I do think that there could be an exception for when, you know, the, the coach, the head coach that you agreed to play for, just got the boot. Um, but, you know, you know, I don't know. Again, it, it's almost varying degrees of that because of, of exceptions because he gets the boot. It's not really his choice. Now, you might have seen the writing on the wall, but if he leaves of his own choice you know like we take a job somewhere else go to the nfl whatever it is you'd be like what what the fuck coach (laughs) you know i just i just uh agreed to come sign for you now you're not going to be there you could have given me a heads up you know type of thing um so i I don't know i'm i am mixed on it i'm not like you know uh line in the sand etching stone hard ass take on it um but I, i i just feel like you know, the, the old school uh, mentality in me says work harder to earn that spot and not, you know, not just train. Like I look at Patrick o- o- O'Brien, O'Boyle, whatever, uh, who now he's going to go to the university of Washington. Um, by the way, they're going to be some, they're going to be some Western Nebraska. What's that, John? Trying to get to the big show. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be some Western Nebraska uh, football fans who are going to pop a little bit because I said Patrick O'Boyle because he was the nephew of Bill O'Boyle, or is the nephew of Bill O'Boyle. Uh, he played his high school ball at Gearing and then went on to play at Shattered State years ago. So shout out to, to all the O'Boyles. Now you're getting old and your brain's getting fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And you know, when this is, the one area, the one area in which the transfer portal is hurting people, uh, particularly this season, and I've seen this discussed between recruiting people, uh, is that coaches are looking at the transfer portal and they're not looking as much at new recruits coming out of high school this year because they can't do in-home visits, they can't have campus visits, and they're looking at players that are transferring around to try to pick those up because at least they have film on them or they know who they are. They can talk to their coaches 
You know, like if somebody wants to know more about Bo Wilson, I'm sure they can call Nebraska and talk to a coach because there's no reason why coaches wouldn't be congenial. You know, or, right. or, or if they really honestly say the stuff that they believe the stuff they say, where they say, I'm working on behalf of the kids, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to, it's kind of like giving somebody a job. Hey, it didn't work out here, but, you know, he's a good guy. He works hard. He just didn't fit. I'm yeah. sure you know, it gets said a lot, but the transfer portal is apparently hurting kids coming out of high school this year. And uh, that's going to be interesting because, as far as we know, everybody got well. Everybody got a free year of eligibility, but nobody increased the scholarship limit. Yeah, because you know the NCAA is a bunch of fucking bastards all around. <laughs> well, I, I know this got talked about a lot at the beginning of the pandemic in regards to college baseball because the Major League Baseball draft, which is usually 183 rounds, uh, was like five. You know, and so then you have give or take 150 ish players being picked up and not all of them are going to be college players. You know, some some uh, studs do get drafted out of high school, which, again, is going to be difficult when you couldn't really play, you know, spring baseball. So then you're going off of junior film or, or stats or things like that. But then you have, you know, uh, all I remember almost at the beginning of, of uh, the pandemic stuff, the NCAA said all spring athletes, spring sport athletes will, you know, be given an ex- another year of eligibility to make up for this essentially lost season. So you have, uh, w- which is good. Uh, and, uh, and I think you'll agree because that means that we get to see a little bit more of Mojo. <laughs> That's true. So we got Mojo in the spring and Jojo in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 but you have you know the the major leagues not taking as many players. You still have players coming in out of high school, and you have uh, you know college team uh, players that are given an extra year of eligibility, and then you're going to have seventy three kids on your baseball team. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this next year plays out. So after twenty twenty, still lingering on. Right. <laughs> I'm getting all clear is given it'll become 2021 and we can go, oh my God, thank God the new year is finally here. It's July. I didn't even think we'd see a 2021. You know, and maybe it'll end up being the year that everybody forgot because we're just, you know, kind of like the 70s. Didn't, you know, it was two years of a decade. It didn't really exist. Maybe the brother he, people didn't, they didn't exist for me. I think you're blaming a lot of the the 70s on on disco. Like you're you're like, yeah, I remember those two years of disco. Yeah, the fucking 70s sucked. But like, okay. there's a lot Greg, of good music Greg. in the 70s, John. Greg. John. My mother was a DJ. Yeah. We played dances. Yeah. And she did the music. How much of that stuff do you think was fucking disco? Right? I mean, this That's, is something that's in the offseason. That's you can have the, if, if right you've now, never if if you've never slow danced the stairway to heaven, John, then you're missing out. Nobody, no, no, you never played stairway to heaven at a dance. That's just fucking dumb. We're going into this later. We're going to spend some time about the national title game. People can look forward to the music episodes we do. Well, before we get talking about the national championship game, let's let's throw a scenario out there because we don't know. 
Uh, a scenario? A scenario. There's a, a scenario sc- for you. I'm standing the steps of the Capitol building. And in front, okay. <laughs> uh, how about, okay, instead of a scenario, how about a scenario? Okay, a scenario. Let's do a scenario. Uh, yes or no? Do you want uh, Diedrich Mills to come back to Nebraska? Yes. Okay. If he opted to do transfer for, I, I don't think, I don't think there's substantial film on him for him to like to declare for the draft. I just don't. I think the all the potential is there. I think for whatever reason, Scott Frost hates Diedrich Mills and will never give him the ball inside the five yard line and let him run the fucking touchdown and like he should have against Rutgers. Um, still, you know, spend three weeks or whatever. I'm still pissed about that. Um, but and and according in in his own words, Mills has said that Lincoln and and the the support staff around has been a boost for his mental health. Oh, uh, so it, it, in that, it, it, for that alone, I want him to stay at Lincoln. But if he were to take his talents elsewhere, I've heard that there are a couple of names, uh, and I, I, I heard this in the Slack chat room earlier today, um, but a certain running back from Northwestern who kind of had a big game against us, uh, there's also a certain running back from Oklahoma, which would kind of be funny since I guess we don't play Oklahoma this year, or do we, in 2021? Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. That, that'd be an uh, TJ Pledger. Pledger? Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one, uh, the kid from USC, who was also possibly in the transfer portal, something like that. So there's – you know, it's not a – it's it, – it's not just, you know, schmucks and slubs who, who enter the transfer portal. Usually, you know, and it's a, it's a, some good talent there, John. You know, you know the one guy you didn't mention is uh, Wisconsin's running back, Nakia Watson. You're right. I didn't mention him largely because we didn't get a chance to play Wisconsin because they don't know how to keep their fucking team healthy. And therefore I forgot all about Wisconsin. I, I watched him in some games. I liked the way he ran. He was, he was never – he wasn't a Jonathan Taylor that's going to hit the line, explode, and burst for 80 yards. But he was a guy who was going to hit the line and get five yards or four or five yards a year. So I, I did like him. Isaiah Bowser from Northwestern, uh, same type of player. We were just giving him the ball. Not nearly like, you know, Rex Burkhead could do that. What do they call it these days? Kill the carrier. You know the game you used to play where you give a kid a football on the playground, everybody's tackling. We called it something different. We can't really say it. Yeah, we, we, we can't use that particular language. Uh, kill the yeah. carrier is fine. That's probably not politically incorrect at all. But uh, uh, Isaiah Bowser was another one of those guys I think that reminded me a little bit of, uh, less less jukey than Burkhead, but a guy that you gave the ball to, and again, he gets four yards. So. Right. You know, just a, a guy that you could depend on to be beat up and, and run the ball 4,300 times a game. So well, and, and to, to that point and to that end, I think Mills is that guy, but I also think that Frost and uh, uh, company like to overthink things. You know, what the, and I'm not saying that college football is the same in 2020 as it was in 1997. 
I'm not saying that at all. But a lot of the basics of of football are, and that means you still got to move the ball north and south. You don't. What what the hell is the point of of running? You know, if if you're on the near hash and you run to the opposite uh, sideline and you get a yard because the defense you know set the edge and and your blockers couldn't couldn't match them. Well, shit, you ran twenty yards for minimal gain. But if you just go straight between the tackles, you have a chance to get more than that for for less effort. You know, just a lot of times in the last couple of years, the play call has just and again, I'm not a college, you know, expert college football expert. They don't nobody pays me. I'm just, you know, armchair quarterbacking like everybody else in Husker Nation. And it just like, fuck. You know, just move the ball downfield. Quit, quit, quit these uh, uh, swing gate, pa- swinging gate passes, and all this other bullshit. Uh, first down, you want to establish some dominance. I know this because, and, and I can confirm it because Yoshi has talked about it on the Yoshi Football Show. You want to get out of the gate that first play, and you just, as an offensive lineman, you just want to push the man uh, uh, in front of you back and and get that a little, a little bit of that juice going. You know, to to borrow his word and, and Haas's word too, and, and uh, just and, and Mills can be that guy, but for some reason Frost wants to get so many people involved that it it waters down the product. Well, it was a free year; he was trying out different people in different positions. So, it, but and have two hundred and twenty-five players. It's going to be <laughs> sanity. Literally going to run like one series with one offense and bring an entirely different <laughs> offense. And the other team's um, going to be, what the hell is going on? Because the first time they see him, they'll be in the spread. And then the second team will come out and go, ah, we're in the triple option. And then the third <laughs> team will come out on the third series and they're going to be running like, uh, uh, you know, the spinner with the single wing. So uh, out of out of uh, curiosity, because I, I love this idea, I just want to want your take. Uh, the quarterback who's running the triple option, who is it? Okay, just making sure. I just make, I, that's who. I, just making sure we're all on the same page. And then Logan Smothers comes in in the, in the third series, and uh, uh, huh? In the first series. Oh, Logan! Logan's first series, yeah. not uh, Adrian Martinez. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. You see, we're we getting feedback on it. If people made it this far in the show. <laughs> the bitches that listen to this thing, you don't comment enough. That's true. You they should. Need, we need uh, – health needs encouragement. We need to know what you like and what you don't like about the show. And by the way, if you say we don't like Greg, too fucking bad. <laughs> At least for now. What, John? <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I said, I'm in charge here. Yeah. Good night, Wesley. Good job. Most likely I have to kill you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, um, get into the national title game. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, a team that I hate against the team that I hate. And I just don't give a fuck. Really? 
I really don't. I don't like. I, here's the thing, and this is like this. I, I think I've said this before. It's like this for me in about every team, and it's not so much that I hate the team, except I do hate the Patriots as a team. Uh, but I hate the fans. <laughs> I just hate Alabama fans. I hate Ohio State fans. Uh, I, I know people who are Ohio State fans, and they're good people, except uh, for their college football team. Except I take that back because they're all Browns fans as well, so I hate them for that reason too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, no, I just I I still contend. We could talk about this because we haven't had a show in two weeks. I got such a chuckle out of what Indiana did going to their bowl game and how they used, you know, like the the bowl game patch or whatever to cover up the Big Ten logo. And I look, I know it was passive aggressive. And then the coach comes out afterwards and says, no, no, we love the Big Ten and we would never do anything to uh, damage our, our standing there. Um, but you know that they were fucking pissed that they that they got uh, taken out of that at that Big Ten championship game and, and rightly so i still even i am not you know like it, in the south in sec country it's you know it, it's unless there are two teams playing in the, the college football playoffs it's all sec sec you know like you uh a team that you can roll out of uh wherever the hell Vanderbilt is, and they're going, SEC, you can be in Columbia, Missouri, and even though they're relatively new, they're, they're wearing that SEC, you know, like a, a sticker with a badge, like a badge of honor, like they had something to contribute to it except for an easy win for whomever the hell they played. Um, but I don't have that conference loyalty that is, is so such a hallmark of, of you know, the SEC teams. So I don't – give a shit about Ohio state. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, Oh, it's uh, you know, it, it's good for all the big 10 teams. I don't care. Indiana got robbed out of the, uh, out of the big 10 championship game. They met all the criteria. Ohio state didn't play enough games. Uh, so the fact that Ohio state is in the college football playoffs, I'm still a little chapped about that. I, I hope they lose. I hope Alabama loses. I hope the referees win. Wow. You get, I'm, you're taking my other than my historical <laughs> about the seventies. You are taking my spot as the old man for my <laughs> your ways. I hate change. I hate everything. Damn clouds, get off my lawn. You're that. That's you, Craig. Congratulations. You're very good. By the way, uh, if if Ramsey decides to to listen to this episode, I love you, man. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say. I don't know. What? Dying your hair? No, it's still gray. It's not as gray as it was. You're dying your hair. You lie dying. You're dying your hair. You know you are. I dyed my hair the color gray because it's a beautiful silver gray, and women love it. John, I'm not dying my hair. I don't have the time or the energy or the interest in dying my hair. I will. I will take this. I will take this Zoom call downstairs. And have my wife yell. I will ask her, "Hey, honey, do I dye my hair?" And she'll say, "No, but you probably should." But I don't, John. I don't dye my. It's different lighting. I'm in a different room, different part of the house. Get off my ass! Wow, Nasty <laughs> too. Just like an old grouchy man at night. I, I you know, I want to see Ohio State win just because uh, 
I, they're at my conference, and I hate Alabama, and I hate the SEC, and uh, fuck these people in the South that really didn't even give a shit if they – I mean, come on, the entire SEC would have played football if half their plays were dead, you know? True. They, they didn't give a single shit about any of this protocol stuff, and they should have. So, uh, oh, that's not the reason. It's because they're a bunch of cheating, pay their players under the table to recruit that way. And they take all I, the best information because they're just paying them already. Fucking I, I, I have a question because I haven't had a chance to listen to your conversation with Ramsey yet. Uh, did he, in fact, thank Nebraska for bringing back Big Ten football in, in a sincere way? You know, we, t- we talked about that for a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think he came right out and said, I want to thank Nebraska, but I think we both kind of have the idea that Nebraska and Ohio State are – you know, kind of more linked together than we've ever been, which is kind of weird. But if I – I've told him before that I had hated Ohio State my whole life and now I'm forced to, you know, to root for him kind of. uh, His – he's an older guy like me. I don't think he's my age quite. Nobody is. I was going to say, few are. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I think he – you know, when you get older – you just get that softening that happens. More, I, I, I wish everybody could win. Kind of okay, not that bad. But you get the idea. I mean, he was very objective. Wasn't as biased as I. Did. I honestly expected him to be. He was pretty convenient. We did talk. About, we talked about. Uh, you know, because we're both been around. We talked about the fact that. Uh, you know, back when Nebraska was winning in the nineties. And the fact that everybody hates Ohio State because they keep winning and hates Alabama because they keep winning. And the fact that Nebraska, you know, the first year we won our national title, everybody loved us. And then when we kept winning, everybody hated us because that's how it goes, you know? Yeah. And Tom Osborne became vilified. Basically for they, winning. Uh, they, they love you on your way up. You know, they love that underdog. They You know, everybody's so happy for you when you get your first national championship. And I guess – you know, for Nebraska in, in uh, 94, it would have been 32 years. That's right. Correct me on the math. For what? Since from 90, 94, and then it was what, uh, 61 and 62 with Bob Devaney? Oh, 70. 71. That's close. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're just a uh, whole kind of decade is off. <laughs> Well, it was still the 60s, according to you, so fuck off. Now <laughs> <laughs> we brought this thing full circle. That's right. Um, okay, so it's been 22 years. Uh, so, you know, people people like it when you return to the promised land. They just don't want you to stay very long. Yeah. You know, and, and I, think that's, I think that's what it is. And, and that's why nobody likes Alabama. I think that's starting to creep in on Clemson. That's why so many people hate Notre Dame because they were – you know, at the top for, for so long, but even though they haven't been there, you know, they've been in the conversation. They they've been in the room, but maybe not sitting at the table, uh, you know, for a while, but people will always hate Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> you're like over there, like, I agree. I can't, can't deny that. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, so I think people, if you take away like the dipshits on Twitter, I think people will be genuinely, genuinely happy for Scott Frost and Nebraska when they make it back to the, you know, the promised land here in in a few years. 
but they're going to get pissed off at us uh, in a hurry when we decide that we're just going to stay here and eat it. It's it's our table. We're the head of the table, you motherfuckers. I going back to the national title game. Oh, fine, if we must. I thought we were going to end the show there on, on you know it's such a high note, but you're like, okay, let's go talk about two teams we hate, whatever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. No, no, let's talk about it. It's Monday night. It's on uh, whatever channel it is on, whatever time well, it is anyway, on. Look at the, the – Justin Fields, Mac Jones, the quarterback. you got Chris Olave and Devontae Smith, the receivers. you got Najee Harris and uh, – oh, come on. Jeez, Trey Sermon, the running back for Ohio State. You have the Heisman yeah. winner. You have the Heisman winner uh, wide receiver from Alabama. Right, Devontae Smith. The first uh, more, more collection of talent in this game than you will in an NFL Super Bowl. I mean, not you know what I mean, not in terms of sheer talent across the board, but in terms of having three skilled players that good that are at the top of the best in the nation at their positions going against each other's teams. I mean, you you might see a Super Bowl with two great quarterbacks, but you certainly don't have the best quarterback in the Super Bowl along with the best running back and the best receiver in the Super Bowl. Well, in the Super Bowl, yeah. There's there's no such thing as an unbiased Chiefs fan. So, (laughs) Uh, However, in a point of order, I do want to say that it was – it's been a few years, obviously, when – you know, before Antonio Brown had his uh, uh, men- mental breakdown and when all teams were in the beloved black and gold. But Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown were the statistical leaders in, in all uh, important categories related to their positions. They didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Nobody cares about that stinky team. Who roots for the Pittsburgh Steelers? What kind of a fucking low life? <laughs> <laughs> we should have ended the show, huh? <laughs> My God, you uh, glared at me so bad. I think I have cancer. Oh God! Okay, shit. We don't even joke about that, John. That's too far. Too far. You've crossed the okay, line. I'm sorry. I, I'm having a no. I can't joke about that either. <laughs> no, no, you better not. Although uh, I gave my wife a, a little bit of a start last night. I told her that uh, I was having chest pains and shortness of breath. And she said, how bad is it? I'm like, I don't know. I said, I don't want to go to the emergency room. She's like, okay, okay. that doesn't tell me anything. I said, no, I felt, I said, it felt like I got like punched in the, in the middle of my chest. And, and I was a little, I get hurt on, on some inhales a little bit. So you know, then I- she went, then she went to bed and left me to die. I just, I'm guessing that she turned you down. I mean, she's almost seven months pregnant with twins. If you believe that's how you did it, I'm going to die at any moment. Let's have. Uh, hey, hey, so, hey, John, uh, can you do me a favor? Can you do me what? a favor? Uh, you've already written one successful book. Uh, been dead, never been to Europe. Uh, if, if if a heart attack, heart attack, if a heart attack indeed takes me, will you write another book that's just like two pages long and just call it "He Didn't Make It"? 
you know, I, I sent a book to my neurosurgeon today. Yeah. And that's something a lot, not a lot of people can actually say as a sentence in their entire life. Right. Is that but the said, doctor? Said, that's the doctor who has a difficult uh, to pronounce last name, right? Dr. Samandani. Yes. I, but I sent her an email and I said, uh, I want to send you a copy of my book because, you know, I mean, she did She has answered my questions outside of the hospital and stuff like that. So they're very nice and she's incredible. Holy shit, intelligent. And she wrote me back and she said, Yes, please send me a copy of your book because you're the only person I know that can has had a brain injury and can write about it with a sense of humor. So we'll see what she says. <laughs> it, it, it's really been a, a joy to read the book. Uh, and, and we're going to end, uh, end this episode of the five hour podcast on this commercial for John's book, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, John's he doesn't know it yet. But I'm telling him he's learning at the same time as all of you. Uh, John's going to put together uh, the article uh, for this five hour podcast. And he's going to include all the information you need uh, to get his newsletter, the uh, Amazon link, so you can order his book. Uh, been dead, never been to Europe. Uh, as I'm reading this, and you, the the longtime listeners of the Five Hard Podcast, when you read it, you will be reading John's book and hearing his voice, especially like like. So I'm not. I think I'm 50 or 60 pages in, which is not bad. Uh, that's a good chunk of the book, um, but the early uh, chapter where you're talking about uh, the high school football game against your, your nemesis arch rivals. And you're talking about uh, uh, the, the quarterback on the other team because he, he, he got all the pretty girls or whatever. And, and I'm hearing it in your voice. Like I'm, I, I've, I've been on enough podcasts with you and I, I hear how like aggravated you can get and sound when you're, when you're going on a rant and so I'm hearing that in your words, and that's why I'm super excited. 2021 going to be the year of Ben Dead, Never Been to Europe, the audiobook by John Johnston. <laughs> now you're putting it out there. I'm going to have to do it. It'll yeah, take it's done. So that's that I had a habitat <laughs> with my good pronunciation of words. Uh, hey, I tell you what, from what I've read, if you can, if you can get through some of those uh, medications and prescriptions uh, that you have to put up with and, and pronounce those accurately, the rest of it's gravy. So, wait, but, what's, uh, that, what's that word for rewiring your brain? Oh, you haven't made it that far. I haven't made it that far. I'm sorry. Neuroplasticity. 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 There you go. Rewire your brain by well, uh, picking up John's book, Ben Dead, Never Been to Europe, right now on Amazon. Uh, the link is going to be in, in the, the post with the show, so you can check it out. Uh, I received it. I got to open it up uh, in its package Christmas morning. I was very excited. It was legit one of uh, my favorite Christmas presents. So uh, thanks to my wife because she, she followed the Amazon link to a T. <laughs> <laughs> so um again great stuff by john uh, that's the end of the commercial that's the end of our little pitch and that's the end of the show uh so it's national championship uh let's make a prediction john uh alabama ohio state who do you got what's the score i'm gonna go with ohio state just because i i'm sick of alabama 
you know, I've made this joke before. I made it on one of the podcast interviews. Uh, if Alabama wins this year, they will claim 10 management titles because they felt like a decade. That would give them 27 claimed national titles, which we all know is pretty much a farce. <laughs> but, uh, I, I want Ohio State to win, and I think they can win. I think they have a much better chance than most people give them credit. Uh, because oh, hey, Alabama's defense isn't the one of those juggernaut defenses. They give up points. Both teams are going to give up points. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, we'll see if Alabama, the team that runs like robots and automatons, can make mistakes. I'll go uh, Ohio State 52 to 45. And if you bet the under on this game, you're kind of a good. I don't know what the over is, but uh, I take the over. So as, as I mentioned uh, earlier on in the show, uh, I hate Ohio State. I hate Alabama. I, I hate referees, but those are the ones that – I'm not going to be cruel and, like, root for COVID or anything like that. <laughs> John was taking a drink. I really wanted him to do a spit take there. Didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm not cruel. I don't want anybody to be uh, sick or hurt, obviously. Um, I, I don't – I don't see Ohio State winning the game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a, a great game to watch that I'm not going to, but I think it's going to be a great game, highly entertaining for everybody. I think Ohio, uh, I think Alabama is going to win it. You said 54 or something like that? 52-45. I'm, I'm going to be in that same neighborhood, but I, I think I'm going to say uh, Alabama is going to win it. Uh, 48 to, I'll say 48, 38. Wait, you're doing the prices right here or something? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I think, I think Alabama's defense is going to come up with just a couple extra stops. Um, and I hate saying that because I don't like Nick Saban. I don't like Alabama and I don't like Alabama fans in general. I know a couple of individual ones. They're nice people, but, and, and I, like you, I'm also sick of hearing about Alabama. I just, I don't know if Ohio state's got it in them this year. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And if they don't win it, I'm telling you now, if they don't win it, be ready for the backlash that Nebraska will receive from Ohio state fans saying, I can't believe you made us fucking play a fucking big 10 football season. You assholes. We didn't even win. That was our whole goal. We didn't do it. It's all your fault. Nebraska sucks. You know, someday we are going to be good at football in the world. I think it's going to be sooner than, than a lot of people anticipate. I really do. All right. We're it. Ending it on us a little bit of hope here. Uh, big thanks as always to John Johnston for uh, staying up past his bedtime and, uh, <laughs> and visiting with me. We, we hope that you had a good Christmas since it's been two weeks since we talked. We hope that you had an unofficial uh, safe and happy new year from last week. We all know, according to John, uh, that calendars somehow are malleable and, and uh, uh, time is irrelevant and the new year doesn't start until after the college football season ends. So happy new year this coming uh, Monday. And uh, for, for John and, and everybody at Coronation, I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Go Big Red. <laughs>